Hi friends, it's Brittany Moses, and you're listening to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast, the podcast at the intersection of faith, mental health, and wellness, where we get to dive into expert insights and the realities of those with lived experience to help us live more insightful, connected, and wholehearted lives. We understand that the views shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from your clinician or provider and is ours to discern. So sit with us. This podcast episode is brought to you by UHSM HealthShare, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current health care, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.uhsm.com or call 1-800-900-8476. Friend, have you heard the news? I'm officially releasing my first book this summer with Dayspring Publishing. It feels wild saying that, but I have been behind the scenes writing away and it is happening. It's called Worthy, 50 Mindful Moments to Bring Peace and Clarity to Your Day. And honestly, it is the book that I've been wanting to read. Listen, have you found yourself feeling more anxious and overwhelmed in today's cultural climate? Has the modern social media world and hustle culture left you on a roller coaster of feeling insecure and inadequate no matter how much you do? Or do you tend to struggle with people pleasing in order to feel valuable and worthy? You are certainly not alone. Many of us have been struggling at the intersection of our faith and our mind in today's world. So whether you need a total digital detox or just a little more balance, I've truly aimed to gather the information and inspiration to help you feel a little more refreshed, more clear, and more at peace within each day. These 50 faith-inspired devotions are integrated with helpful psychological tips and insights to reset each day with a grounded mind and spirit. I wish you had this in your hands in front of you because you'll see that it has a beautiful, simplistic design with short yet impactful messages of peace and clarity, along with inspirational quotes and affirmations and mental health trackers, so readers will be able to declutter your mind, check in with your mental health, and focus on how to show up with intention for each day. In essence, this interactive devotional is designed to help you, one, practice a more grounded and internal sense of security. Two, realign with your values and convictions to show up confidently as your true self. Three, refresh your faith with the hope and peace of God's word. Four, develop the psychological tools to better cope with anxiety and overwhelm. And five, redefine the necessary boundaries for your overall mental, emotional, and spiritual health, and so much more. Within Worthy, get ready to reclaim your days with a sound mind to show up confidently for the life God has called you to live. You can grab the book on Amazon or dayspring.com or Barnes and Noble and really wherever books are sold. And the links to order will be in the show notes below. So be sure to check it out. Now let's dive into today's show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast. So glad you decided to spend your time here with us today. Today we're having a conversation that I've been wanting to have some for some time, and it's how to start caring for your hormonal health. 
we talk a lot about how mental health is really a compromise of holistic factors. You know, it's not just all in our head. It's also in our brain and in our bodies. And so we always want to bring light to these conversations here as we're having a more holistic conversation around mental health. And I have a very special guest, Isabel Garza, and she is a registered dietitian who takes an integrative approach to women's health. And she's also the founder of Women Wise Nutrition. Her mission is to understand not only the role of women's mental health within the context of eating behaviors, but also the vital connection between our physical bodies, our emotions, habits, and how we experience the world around us. If that doesn't sound exciting to you, I don't know what to say. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Isabel, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I am so good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Absolutely. I love the work that you're doing at the intersection, especially when women's hormones get demonized so much, you know, like hormones are bad. They make you crazy and all these things and really speaking to actually their, their signals and, you know, their ways of functioning. And we can really tap into this to live a more whole life. And so I think my first question is like, what got you started in this work? You know, what led you into the work that you're doing today? Hmm. Yeah, I would say I always tell people I have a professional story as well as a personal story when it comes to what led me here. And I think a lot of women, especially in the sphere of hormone health, have that dual experience because you're so right. Our culture really promotes this idea that hormones are like a four-letter word, that they are getting in our way, they're inconvenient, they cause us to gain weight, they cause all these issues for us. And so we grow up thinking that we need to run away from our hormones and really at the end of the day, run away from our bodies. And yet they are the essential communication, um, means of communication between us and our bodies. So um, I would say at a personal level, I experienced a lot of hormonal symptoms um, around college. I uh, was later on diagnosed with PCOS, so just gave me a lot of rhyme and reason to why I was experiencing all these cravings and all this mood dysregulation and all this chronic fatigue. Um, and that really opened my eyes to this understanding that, wow, all of those symptoms that I thought were so bad that I needed to control and white knuckle through were actually signs from my body. It was my body trying to, to tell me something. And so I think that kind of aha moment for me is really what I want to bring to the women I work with as well to really change that narrative of, oh my gosh, my symptoms are terrible. How do I get these under control to how can I better understand what these symptoms mean and what my body's trying to tell me and what my body needs. So I would say that's kind of my personal story. And then at a professional level, especially in the context when I talk about mental health and physical health, right, that intersection um, I actually started my career as a dietitian working in eating disorders. And so we were really looking at, right, this complexity of our relationship with food, not just what they taught me in dietetic school, which was like calories, carbs, proteins, fats, but how much the ways that we think uh, about food, the ways that we feel about food really affects the way that we navigate food and our behaviors around food. Um, and so that really allowed me just to kind of open this conversation um, that was beyond just kind of the, the nitty gritty of food itself, 
but how people interact with food and experience food. Um, and then as I was working with a lot of clients with eating disorders and disordered eating, I was also seeing a lot of hormonal imbalances, right? So irregular periods, painful periods, mood swings, cravings, things of that nature. And so it just showed that, wow, there is such this beautiful connection between our bodies. And when our bodies aren't fed well, that can manifest in our mental health. And then our mental health can also show up in physical symptoms. And so all that to say, right, this kind of led me to where I am today. And that's kind of what I bring to the table when I serve my clients. Absolutely. That is so encouraging to hear and encouraging to hear that there are people like you who are specifically um, doing this work. I know that. And I, I definitely want to talk about the role of hormones and mental health. But earlier, I know that you and I were talking about just kind of how how hormones are stigmatized, especially in women, since we are like teenagers, you know, it's like, oh, my period's coming back around my stupid hormones. They're making me crazy. They're making me this, they're making me that. Um, and like you said, it causes us to just kind of disconnect from our body or even, um, see the body as like an enemy to our emotions in some way. And I was sharing with you that I feel like now, you know, here in my thirties, I'm becoming really sensitive to the things that are taking place in my body, noticing when things are off in a way that I wasn't when I was younger, I just wasn't really sensitive to what was going on with my body. I mean, like most of us, we kind of ate anything we kind of did. I don't know, crazy things. We were kind of living out of body, <laughs> um, just living life, you know, careless, young, free. Um, and then as I got older and maybe experienced some changes in our body or different health things that we go through experiences that we have, um, we maybe become more heightened to the symptoms and changes in our body. And even like, Oh, I notice when I eat that, you know, my body reacts differently or my energy is different or my mood is different. And maybe that's what has me in this space of the conversation right now is because it's something I'm also experiencing. Um, and so that being said, you know, thinking about mental health, how, how, cause hormones, I don't, it's again, one of those like, um, things that you just don't see, right. Kind of out of sight, out of mind. So I just don't think we really think about hormones. We talk about a lot about the brain. We talk a lot about neurochemicals and neurotransmitters and things like that, but hormones are also very much in that mix. And so I would love if you could shed some light on how hormones are in the mix of mental health. Yeah, such a great question. I think so important to talk about because our healthcare system actually puts those two categories in different buckets, right? You go to your therapist for your mental health, you go to your you know, primary care doctor to get physical care. And yet there's such this deep interaction between both. So maybe I can talk about how it's this two-way street, how physical symptoms can manifest mentally and how our mental health can show up in our physical symptoms. So starting with our bodies, right? So if you think about the food that we eat, um, the things that our body's uh, experiencing, not just with food, right? So like stress levels. Um, one thing I talk a lot about with my clients is our digestive system and how our rest and digest state, right, is separate from our fight or flight state. And so if you are going into meals, super high stressed, right, whether that is related to life stuff, right, you're thinking about work deadlines, you're thinking about family stuff, or you're just stressed about food, right? You're thinking, oh my gosh, this is a bad food, or I ate too much, or this, I'm not allowed to eat that food, right? The really, really harmful narrative that actually creates stress in our bodies. 
And when we're in that stress state, all our blood is going to our, our brain and our extremities, right? And our large muscle groups and not our digestive system. And so when people are having this physical symptoms, right? Of like bloating or acid reflux or stomach pain, right? People think, oh my gosh, it's the food I ate. I knew it, right? I knew I should have cut out that food. When really it's actually the stress response, right? That's coming from our bodies and not optimizing digestion. So there's this huge connection, right? Between our brain and our bodies. Um, and also when our body's not well fed, right? When we're not um, eating enough, we are skipping breakfast, only drinking coffee for energy throughout the day. That really messes with our hormones. That can really spike our cortisol. That can really dysregulate a lot of um, our hormones. And so what can happen is that manifests in our thought patterns. So now we're thinking about food a lot or we're having a lot of these cravings. And unfortunately, a lot of people think, well, I just need to white knuckle through it. I need to cut those foods out of my house. And instead we actually need to understand, well, what is the body trying to tell us when we're thinking about food a lot or having salt cravings or having carb cravings? What, what is the, the communication pathway that's happening? And so um, I use the word communication a lot because that's exactly what hormones are. They're chemical messengers. They're just a form of communication that our body's trying to tell us. So um, I was you know, talk about symptoms as that communication um, rather than seeing those as symptoms as problems. So um, I think that's probably like a 30,000 foot view of just hormones and what's happening internally from your brain to your body, from your body to your brain. But I think that is so key, right? Just that, that key takeaway that, hey, your symptoms are just a means of communication from your body. It's how your hormones are communicating to you. And if you can listen to that, you can actually learn to better take care of your needs. I love that. And the, and then coming from that perspective, it kind of softens us to be more gentle with our bodies rather than maybe spiteful toward them for going through these things or having these symptoms and develop that relationship um, with our bodies and having an embodied experience of what is going on. Um, I'm curious, what are some of like the most common issues that women bring up to you that are affecting that more hormonal issues that are coming up that are affecting them? I would say uh, period problems is a big one. Um, so period problems can be occurring whether you are actually having a period or not having a period, right? That's a period problem. Um, a lot of women are on hormonal birth control and they were put on hormonal birth control because they had period problems. Some people are on hormonal birth control and it's causing period problems, right? So a lot of women come into my office thinking, okay, how do I fix this? I've tried birth control. I've gone off birth control. I tried certain medications. I've tried cutting calories. I've tried over-exercising, right? And they're still having these symptoms. And the reason why they're still having a lot of these symptoms is because there's this approach, right? Where we're trying to suppress that communication pathway, right? So when we're having painful periods, or mood swings. And uh, instead of us seeing that as, again, that means of communication from our bodies, we think, oh, that is such a problem. Let me fix this. Let me, you know, take ibuprofen. Let me get on birth control. Let me, you know, do X, Y, Z just to push that away and ignore it rather than really listening to that and seeing that as a sign and symptom of um, a need. So how I help my clients is really understanding you know, okay, for example, pain for periods, painful periods, that can actually be a sign of a lot of inflammation in our bodies. It can be a sign of mineral deficiencies. Um, and so can we make sure that we're giving the body what it needs 
so that we can reduce these symptoms. Um, so that's a big part of, of treating those hormonal symptoms is understanding what are the gaps um, that uh, isn't filled when it comes to nutrition and lifestyle and the ways that we take care of ourselves. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, we're going to get right back to the conversation because trust me, I know you'll want to hear the whole thing, but I quickly wanted to share with you this exciting new partnership I have with BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. One of the questions I get asked a lot are how you can go about starting therapy. A number of you are located around the country and even around the world. And as helpful as I often like to be, sometimes I find myself limited in being able to provide the one-on-one resources that you need. Well, I'm happy to say that one option I can share with you today is BetterHelp's online therapy and counseling services with licensed mental health professionals. Since I know a lot of you guys want more faith-based counseling as well, I'm even more excited to share that they also have another service called Faithful Counseling, which has licensed Christian therapists and counselors who are certified by their state, where you can receive licensed counseling using your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. So I use BetterHelp Therapy. I've been using it myself, and it's been super convenient, you know, between school, work, and really just having someone to check in with on a regular basis has been so important for my own mental health. So what happens is when you sign up, you'd be matched with a counselor in 24 hours or less, and you can securely message your counselor anytime, any day, you know, day or night, and get replies within 24 to 48 hours. BetterHelp also has group in our sessions every week where you can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety. Uh, I also found out that financial aid is available for those who qualify and you can apply for financial aid during the sign up process. Hello. Additionally, listeners of the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast like you get 10% off of their first month using my specific link in the show notes below. And like I said, I know a number of you are around the world. BetterHelp is available worldwide. And if you want to get started and get matched with a counselor within the next 24 hours, I have links to both BetterHelp and Faithful Counseling in the show notes. I should mention that it is not a crisis line, okay? If you are experiencing a crisis, I have a link to all the crisis lines by country in the show notes as well. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. I'm so happy you're bringing this up because, you know, I've been on a real kick with functional medicine lately. And I know that that is an approach that you take. And I was just having this conversation on Instagram the other day where I'm like, I I truly believe there is a place for the Western medical model. And I've definitely benefited from that. Sometimes though, as we've talked about, a lot of the approach can be take a pill, take a pill, suppress a symptom, suppress a symptom. I have been, I've experienced that (laughs) and it's not actually getting to the root causes of why these symptoms are happening or what holistic healing needs to take place so that you're healing things at the root. Um, And so for those who have maybe never heard of the functional medicine approach, uh, could you share with us a little bit about functional medicine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you used a really important word in functional medicine, which is root cause. So like you said, a lot of traditional approaches, we see symptoms as the problem. So a lot of women, I would say weight is probably the biggest thing that people 
are struggling with. And I mean, we could talk, have a whole, you know, podcast episode about weight and where that comes from and the, the, um, harmful narratives when it comes to women and, and their weight. Um, but how traditional approaches uh, approach weight, right. is like, oh my gosh, your weight is bad, right. We have to fix this. And so let's exercise more, let's eat less and, and resolve that, right. Let's just fix that whole thing that is so problematic. Um, whereas when we look at functional medicine or integrative approaches, right. Weight is just a symptom, right. It goes in the bucket of all the other symptoms that we experience, like cravings, like irregular periods, like chronic fatigue, headaches, things like that. And I think that's really helpful for women whenever I have that conversation, like, hey, let's stop putting, let's say, weight and at the center of attention and see all of these symptoms as an outcome of these imbalances in the body. And so the better we can understand what are these imbalances in our body, better we can actually resolve many symptoms as at once, right? Rather than playing this whack-a-mole uh, game. And I think a lot of women are playing that whack-a-mole game, especially when, when it comes to weight. They're trying to do all the diets, trying to do all the things with food to change their weight. And sometimes they can for maybe the short term, but they're not seeing improvement in all their other symptoms. In fact, oftentimes their other symptoms are exacerbated, right? So now they're experiencing more cravings, more fatigue, more headaches. And so functional medicine uh, is really kind of challenging this idea of chasing symptoms, but rather understanding that when the body is in this imbalance, if we can get it back into balance, a lot of those symptoms actually resolve together. Yes. And Lord knows many of us have been through that whack-a-mole experience where we're just like, I've tried this, I've tried, whether it's for our gut health or our hormonal health or weight or whatever it is. Um, and so what I appreciate about functional medicine is it is less of the whack-a-mole of symptoms and there's an actual real testing that takes place. And I know for you, you even do hormone testing. And so could you share a little bit about how the testing process works in functional medicine so that the root, um, can be healed and recovered through this? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, this is kind of the part where I think I can get super nerdy, right? We just talk about like all the nitty gritty when it comes to the hormones. Um, so the test that I like to run with my clients is called the Dutch test. Um, Dutch stands for dry urine test for comprehensive hormones. And basically we're looking at four samples, um, four urine samples across a 24 hour period. So my clients will take it when they wake up two hours after they wake up at 5 PM and before bed. And what's really beneficial with taking these uh, samples at multiple times in the day, we actually get to see how your hormones are fluctuating because our hormones actually aren't just the same day in and day out. They fluctuate day to day. They also fluctuate throughout our cycle. And so that's actually something that we can see and again, appreciate and better understand. So what the Dutch test includes, it looks at sex hormones. So it looks at your estrogen, your um, progesterone, your testosterone. It also looks at your adrenal hormones. So cortisol, cortisone, DHEA, and it also looks at what's called organic acids. So these are like certain nutrients like B vitamins, um, B12, B6, uh, glutathione, things like that. So it's very, very comprehensive. And, you know, you asked, how does this help us actually treat the root cause? And I think that is a really important question because we can actually see similar symptoms from say one woman to another, but their root cause could be very different. 
So for example, let's say two women have heavy periods and heavy periods is very often driven by excess estrogen or an imbalance of estrogen and progesterone. So we call that estrogen dominance. Now, these two women, when we look at their Dutch test, their Dutch test can actually look really different. Um, maybe one woman is producing a lot of estrogen and that's why she's having heavy periods. Another woman may be having normal estrogen levels below progesterone. So it's this, what we call this relative estrogen dominance that's causing issues. Um, another woman could also be having heavy periods and her estrogen is fine, her progesterone is fine, but she's not actually detoxing estrogen well. So what that means is basically the body isn't eliminating estrogen appropriately. And so it's getting reabsorbed and reactivated and leading to kind of this overflow of estrogen in the body. So that Dutch test allows us to see, okay, what do we need to do? Do we need to address the excess estrogen? Do we need to support progesterone? Or do we make sure that estrogen is being detoxed through the liver appropriately? And that way our treatment is very customized to them. And at the end of the day, they really get to understand their bodies, right? Which is super powering and helpful rather than them just comparing themselves with other women. This makes so much sense to my logical brain. And I think this is why I grabbed on to functional medicine so much. Um, because what I do appreciate about it is that there is a more personalized approach rather than uh, maybe in the traditional model, it's like, okay, people who have people who tend to have these symptoms, um, these th this medication tends to help them, right? It's kind of based on averages and like kind of like what's across the board rather than a person's individual experience. Like you said, everyone's body is different. So everyone's causes can be different. Um, so I think that's really interesting to keep in mind, but also like, you know, I just feel like this is actually how healthcare should just be in general. Like this should be the main model, but that's another conversation <laughs> for another podcast. I'm sure that's its own <laughs> podcast too. Um, okay. So all of that being said, like we were saying earlier, um, it's important to be in communication with your body and to recognize these signs as communication. But some of us may not really know what these signs actually mean, you know? Um, so I'm wondering if you can help us out. And for example, give us some signs that we might be running on stress hormones. We might be running on that adrenaline, on that cortisol, um, especially that especially ties into mental health. Um, if you're running on stress or chronic stress, what are some signs that that is like exacerbating our hormonal system? Totally. Ugh, I, I really appreciate this question because I think like we were talking about earlier, if we've been trained to disconnect from our bodies and see signs and symptoms and really normal sensations, right? Like hunger. So many women demonize even that sensation that that's a bad thing. And that means I need to drink water. That means I need to distract myself, right? So it's really this whole unlearning and relearning process of what does it mean to tune in to our bodies? And so um, a lot of uh, the clients that I work with, the first thing that we do is just to create space on the calendar to connect and ask, what, is, what am I feeling in my body, right? What are the sensations in my body? Because especially when it comes to stress, a lot of those sensations have just become kind of the baseline, right? So you just kind of get used to feeling anxious all the time. You feel, you know, used to having a lot of ruminating thoughts, things like that, when those can actually be a lot of signs and symptoms. So um, a lot of physical symptoms, I would say when it comes to stress is hair loss. 
Um, so why that happens is our body, right, requires energy to function well. And if you are very high stress, that energy need goes up. Stress is very energy expensive. So we need more you know, carbs, proteins, fats. We also need more sodium, potassium, magnesium. And so if our body is super busy utilizing all those nutrients for stress, it has to basically deprioritize a lot of other functions like hair growth, right? Like making your skin glow, um, like your period, right? So a lot of people with missing periods, very often we're looking at stress. Why is the body saying, hey, regular period right now is not our priority. We have to prioritize something else. So I would say hair loss is a big one. Um, and I think sometimes women just uh, normalize that as well. You're used to seeing a lot of hair in your shower, but that can actually be a sign of chronic stress. Um, another one is actually going to the bathroom very frequently. Um, so frequent urination. A lot of people assume that that's because they're well hydrated, but actually if you're going to the restroom um, more than say five times on average a day, um, that can actually be a sign that the body is under a lot of stress. And that's because cortisol is triggering your bladder when it shouldn't be. Um, also, if you're waking up in the middle of the night and going to the restroom um, or just waking up in the middle of the night very often, usually between like the, the 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. window, um, that is very often a sign of stress. And so oftentimes, again, this may just be, you know, maybe your listeners are hearing this, like, that's just what I do. That's my normal. I thought that's just what it was. And yet this can be uh, a way that our body's communicating, hey, this stress level that you're operating under isn't working for me. And so we need to do something to change that and uh, take care of the body and nurture the body. Uh, yes. Thank you so much for sharing those. Cause I think, like you said, we do just normalize a lot of things. We're just like, oh, this is just how I've operated for so long, um, you know, and really looking into those and something else that you speak about is how certain foods can contribute to supporting our hormonal health, which I love so much. Obviously you have a background in being a reg registered dietitian. So I appreciate that intersectionality in your own work. And I'm wondering if you could maybe share or recommend some things that we can begin including in our diets more to support our hormonal health. Yeah. So my number one recommendation when it comes to nutrition and supporting hormone health is eating enough. And I know that sounds so simple and so maybe anticlimactic, but it is probably one of the most common issues that I see with women um, because a lot of women are taught to eat less, right? Or be fearful that they're eating too much. Um, so that's one part of it. I, I, I would also say just our schedules, right? This kind of go, go, go um, mentality and hustle culture is leading to um, a lot of women maybe skipping breakfast or just, just drinking coffee, right? A lot of these fad diets like intermittent fasting, which are glamorized, right, are not supporting women's hormones. And so what happens, right, when you're not eating enough, a lot of these symptoms show up like cravings, like period problems, like fatigue, like your lower tolerance for stress, right? So if you're feeling really anxious um, and overwhelmed frequently throughout the day, um, these are all signs and symptoms that you may not be eating enough. So eating enough is really important. And to add on to that, I would say eating enough early enough. So a lot of people, you know, they may be say eating, uh, skipping breakfast, maybe eating a small lunch, but then eating a big dinner. And they're like, well, overall, I think that kind of averages out, right? I think I'm eating enough. Well, most of our energy needs are actually earlier in the day. 
Um, in fact, a lot of the research shows that our adrenals and a lot of our hormones um, are more active between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. So you could be eating uh, enough in total, but you are actually quite deficient by, let's say, 4 p.m., 5 p.m. if you haven't eaten breakfast or lunch or maybe even like a midday snack. So eating enough early enough is super important. That's my number one recommendation. And then number two, I would say um, with caffeine to really make sure that you're eating your meal and then consuming your caffeine. So um, when you consume caffeine on an empty stomach, whether it's because you're skipping breakfast or you're drinking coffee and then maybe eating a later breakfast, um, that really dries up your stress hormones. And so a lot of women, again, are used to feeling kind of anxious and wired. And so they're like, this is just you know, my personality trait. This is just how I am. But actually caffeine could really be pushing that cortisol production and then leading to say that crash later in the day. And that can show up in your energy levels, that can show up in your cravings, um, that can show up in your mental health, right? So I always say pair your caffeine with food. I feel like most women drink caffeine. So I always think it's important to note that. Um, and then my third recommendation is just to make sure you're eating enough protein. I think a lot of people think about protein just in the context of like building muscle, right? And making sure you're getting enough protein if you're exercising, but especially for women, protein is so supportive towards so many functions and so many pathways in the body. So earlier when we were talking about like estrogen detoxification, right? And making sure that hormones are moving through the body optimally and appropriately, protein really, really supports that. Um, protein also calms our mind. Um, a lot of protein has uh, these essential amino acids like lysine that is actually very calming to our body, which can help our mental health, which can support sleep, right? Which can help us navigate stress better. So um, protein is so essential when it comes to just overall physical and mental health and uh, of course, hormone health. I love that. So in my mind, I'm like, eat your food, eat it early, pair your coffee, eat your protein. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that sounds very doable. <laughs> very doable. Oh man. It's like throwing me back to this. I was in a health psychology course at UCLA and we were like studying hormones. Don't, I didn't, I probably retained, I don't even know how much of that class, but what I did retain was what you just said about the cortisol study is that, um, our cortisol actually spikes when we wake up first thing in the morning, which I thought was so interesting. And it makes sense to pair coffee with food so that it's like metabolizing correctly. And it's not just, you're not just running on a stimulant. <laughs> um, even though I'm very guilty of replacing breakfast with coffee, I get it. Um, so that's super helpful, man. All that being said is like, is there anything that you would just like to leave listeners with that you think would just be really important to hear, or, or maybe what's that message you want to shout from the rooftops and you just would like to get across to everyone who has ears. <laughs> totally. I, I would say that you can trust your body. Mm. That is something that I preach a lot uh, that I would like to shout mm. from the rooftops, because I think if women uh, don't believe that they can trust their bodies, that their symptoms do need to be suppressed that they do need a white knuckle through, you know, cravings and things of that nature, then we can't ever get to the good stuff, right? We can't hear what the body's saying. We can't take time to say, okay, I'm having these symptoms. What do they mean? We're going to be in that mode of constantly fighting them. 
Um, so I always, you know, encourage women to, to end the war between you and your body, right? And especially if you're noticing that, hey, I've been fighting this war for years, maybe decades, and it's not working for me. Can we say enough is enough? And really kind of have this truce between us and our body and say, okay, I'm here to learn from you. And I want to know what you're trying to tell me. And I want to understand um, these signs, these symptoms, these messages from my hormones. And once we can build that trusting relationship, then, right, everything that we talked about today, we can start putting into action. But I think it's really hard to access that when we still have this distrust towards our bodies and what it's telling us. So that's, I would say, number one. And if we can start working on that day to day, then that will totally change the, the tone that we set when it comes to our approach to our health. Amen. Thank you so much for that. And like, you don't have to wait till late to get this, right? Like I'm really coming into this in my thirties and I'm still young, but I'm just saying like, also, if you're listening to this and you're like in your twenties or your late teens or wherever you are, like, I think this is one of the best things that you can start, um, kind of getting into your perspective of how you move through life and how you embody life, um, sooner than later, you know, um, Gosh, thank you so much, Isabel, for having this conversation with us. I'm wondering if you can share uh, maybe what are some of the services that you typically work with and, and offer, and then what are some ways that listeners can stay connected with you in the work that you're doing? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I serve my clients through uh, two ways. I do private counseling, so one-on-one -on -one counseling. Uh, with clients uh, usually work together for a minimum of three months, but a lot of my clients will go beyond that uh, because they just get so into it, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what else is there to learn about my body? So that's one way to work with me. Um, I also run a group program. It's called the PCOS Blueprint. So we didn't talk too much about PCS today, but PCS is one specific a metabolic and hormonal imbalance that I help women um, heal from. And I run that twice a year. So if you love to be in a community with other women and um, just know that you're like, you're not alone and learn from other women, I think that group program is a really good fit. Um, and then I also offer tons of free resources. So I have articles on my website at womanwisenutrition.com. Um, if you follow me on social at womanwisenutrition.com, I always sharing little tidbits, whether it's, you know, nerdy hormonal stuff or nutrition education, or even just these mindset shifts and how to think about your body and how to build that uh, healthy relationship with your body. Uh, that is all on there. So uh, feel free to check that out if you're uh, curious to learn more and really build that trust between you and your body. Yes. I appreciate the amount of information that you're sharing um, and the content that you've been creating. And yeah, guys, like she said, this conversation really is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Like we're really just touching on the tip of how hormones look and how they function just kind of in a general level, but she does talk a lot into more specifics and specific areas. So definitely check out what she's doing. Um, and man, thank you so much for this conversation. We really hope to have more conversations like this on the podcast. And so I appreciate you, uh, kicking us off in the new year. I mean, it's February, but still new year is still new. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening until next time.